another top quarterback that was in the Heisman race, not seen as the, the top quarterback, but coming into it, when you look at the stats, he, he was the, the second best quarterback when it comes to yards, Michael Penix Jr. in Washington. So Jeff Supernall, you, you analyzed Michael Penix Jr. Tell us a little bit about what you saw from the Huskies quarterback. I mean, being a, you know, Wisconsin guy and a, or a state of Wisconsin guy and, you know, Big Ten sort of been in and around Michael Penix for a while from his time in Indiana. And then, you know, obviously the prep leading up here. It's honestly, it was really enjoyable watching him play football for all of his time at Indiana. I don't want to say it was a wasted opportunity, but you know, he had two ACL replacement or two ACL surgeries that cut seasons short. You know, arguably their best year was the COVID year. They only had six games, or I'm sorry, they only had eight games, I believe it was. And he had a, I think it was a shoulder injury that kept him out of two of them. And so he, like the, the potential was there. I mean, he's definitely a good quarterback. He, you know, I mean, he's a gamer. The the two point conversion against Penn State, you know, the like I think that's kind of the iconic image of him, at least in my mind. And then last year at Washington, he just freaking exploded. He threw for over forty six hundred yards, accuracy of about just a shade over sixty five percent, thirty one to eight touchdown to interception ratio. Um. I really, really, like I said, I really like watching him. He has a nice quick release. The film that I saw, you know, he kind of has multiple arm angles. He has a really good pocket presence. The one thing that, you know, really impressed me, like he is, I, I don't think he's gone a year without an injury that has led to him missing time. But there were also multiple shots of him as he's releasing, just like getting a chest or a shoulder right in the chest. I mean, he's not shying away from that. When I was looking through and rating, um, I gave him an eight for accuracy. You know, he had a couple of really nice shots into that cover two or, you know, like beating the safety and some of those cover two throws against Oregon, actually. Arm strength, I only gave him a seven. It's not that he doesn't have a strong arm. It just... You know, I think quite honestly, uh, the other quarterback I looked at, Bo Nix, has has a has a cannon, and so it's not to say that he can't that Penix can't make all the throws. It's just it wasn't quite as high for me. Decision making, about a seven and a half. He is accurate. He looks, you know, he looks like he reads coverage pretty well. There were on some of his interceptions, like you know, breaking the pocket and looking to try and make something happen, just making bad decision, you know, trying to force something down a sideline. And I, I, I could probably bump that up. Pocket presence, I, I had already talked about that. I, I gave him a nine. You know, again, he is willing to stand in. He's willing to make that throw even after, you know, the injured history that he has. So athleticism was kind of, t- he, he's a good athlete. Like he's not a bad runner. He just, he doesn't run a lot. <laughs> um, you know, there are like, there are clips from his time at Washington last year of him, you know, breaking the pocket, getting up field or some designed run stuff. But that being said for his career, he has 257 rushing yards. So it, it's, it's not that he's not a bad athlete. It's not that he can't manipulate the pocket, you know, get outside, do what he has to do. It's just, there's not as much purposeful running. Some of that has to be, you know, with his offensive line and his, like you said, his pocket presence, if that's something that he relies on and only being sacked five times last year, I mean, credit has to go somewhere, right? And that's going to go to the offensive line and also his pocket presence, be able to get that ball out, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, And so going into this year too, Washington, you know, even though they're airing it out, they did lose their top rusher, but they have their next two rushers coming back, um, but combined, you know, their rushing yardage was like 100 or so yards less than the top guy. Um, they do have a, tr- a couple of transfers coming in. But the big thing is is his top three receivers are all coming back. Homey Odunze, Jalen McMillan, um, and even Jalen Pope, you know, they're all – Jalen Pope was the low man on that totem pole with 41 receptions at 694 yards. Um, the other two were over 1,000. Odunze and McMillan are 
you know, going to get some real hard NFL looks. And then their offensive line, they have both tackles coming back and they need to replace the interior. There is some experience coming back with that, but, you know, it's still needing to solidify. So all in all, Penix could have a really big year, I think. I think Washington could be good. And their schedule sets up pretty well for that, too. Right out of the gate, they're hosting Boise State. And, you know, I don't, Boise State isn't the isn't quite the Chris Peterson led teams, but they're still, you know, by no means a pushover, but that one, that game is in Seattle. After that, they're hosting Tulsa week three, they're going to Michigan state. And so that's really the kind of the first big test that they have. The big 10 conference gets an early preview with this, but you know, I think, I think that could be one that could really be kind of a good sounding board. Um, after that, they're home against Cal. They're at Arizona. Then the big one, October 14th, they're playing Oregon, but it's, uh, it's a home game for Washington. And so, you know, I think that'll definitely help. They don't have to go to Austin. Otherwise, you know, they're home against Arizona State. They're at Stanford, which they should take, you know, assuming that they take care of business, you know, I think they're going to be sitting with one, maybe two losses, depending on how Michigan State come, you know, comes into the year. And then they're going to USC and they host Utah uh, in back-to-back weeks. And I think, again, that will be, I think that will be kind of appointment TV view, appointment TV viewing. Then they end the year at Oregon State. And, you know, those those games in Corvallis never seem to be a pushover for anybody. And then ending the year in the app with the Apple Cup. So all said and done, you know, I, I think this schedule breaks down where Washington could have a pretty big year. And, you know, Penix is part of that, too. My biggest question is last year was the first year that he stayed healthy. I, I mean, I think he still has a bunch of potential. I think he could throw for 4,500 plus yards again. But it's, you know, will he be able to play? in 13 games again um you know if that offensive line takes a little bit to solidify in the middle you know that could lead to him you know taking one or two more hits than he wants to and given his injury history who knows what could happen you know i hope it doesn't i hope he has a huge year yeah it's just can he stay healthy yeah i mean 11 and 2 last year you know the the big losses came to ucla and arizona state and as you mentioned you know you never know what you're going to get with michigan state like are they going to be good they're going to be bad like they were last year they had some good games but you know usually they're well coached we'll see what kind of michigan state uh, program we see this year and longevity and health that's pretty much it I mean, it's not not just for him, like he does have, you know, a history of getting injured, but like his offensive line, if that starts going down, you know, only being sacked five year, five times. I mean, the three of you guys, you probably would love that if that was your final stat, only being sacked five times. You had an incredible season. You would know that for sure. But can that offensive line, you know, kind of still be as good as it was last year? I don't know if they lost any seniors or anybody to the draft. And will the conference, you know, looking at tape, know that he doesn't run a lot, and he doesn't really kill you when he's when he's out there. Like you said, he's ath- athletic, but you know it's not like he can't run him down. Are they going to start blitzing him a little bit more? And can they pick that up? Be interesting to see. Like, will the health of the entire team uh, and him down the season will will that you know be able to help him put up the stats like he did last year? And if he does, I think he's a top candidate for the Heisman. Now we move on to the Heisman Trophy winner. We move on to Caleb Williams, a guy who. No doubt about his ability, no doubt about him being the Heisman winner. He was at Oklahoma, as mentioned, and he then went to USC, and they had an outstanding season. The only uh, problem with last year when it came to you know winning it all was there was one guy or one team was Utah. Utah was the, the, the thorn in Caleb Williams and USC's side 
as they beat them twice. They beat them at Utah. 43 to 42, so close game. And then they beat them uh, in Vegas for the Pac-12 championship where they got thumped 47 to 24. And then there was another loss. Like, And we're not putting this all on Caleb Williams. He does not play defense, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> but then he lost to Michael Pratt. So, you know, those are good quarterbacks, good good teams that he, he's playing against. Well, I don't know. A lot of people were like uh, Tulane, good team. But uh, at that moment in that game, they, they play their hearts out, but playing in, in Utah, that's no easy task. Luckily for them this year, they won't have to play at Utah, but they will have to play Utah in the Coliseum. So Warren, take it away. It's a layup for you. I mean, there, there's not too much to, to dislike about Caleb Williams. He's going to be a top draft pick. If his health is there, obviously, tell us what you saw out of the 2022 Heisman quarterback, Caleb Williams. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is hard to, to say anything bad about the guy. As, as the reigning Heisman winner, you know, expect a lot coming into this season for him. You know, the, the big question is going to be, can he do it twice? You know, can he join Archie Griffin as the only only player to, to win the Heisman more than once? And, and we've seen other guys that win it and come back another year and and have a little bit of a down year. He needs to make sure that, that he really stays focused and and does what he knows how to do and, and trust his athleticism, trust the team around him to be able to continue to be just as successful as he was last year. Obviously, you know, for him making the move from Oklahoma to USC, staying with Lincoln Riley was was a big thing for him. Obviously, Lincoln Riley, he, he's figured out what it takes to, to coach a quarterback to winning a Heisman. That's his, his third Heisman quarterback in the last five or six years, which is really impressive. Um, so I think he just needs to, to continue to do what he knows how to do. Looking at his stats from last year, you know, throwing for over 4,500 yards, uh, rushing for close to 400 yards. And, and really the stat that stands out the most to me is that he threw 42 touchdowns and only five interceptions. That that to me is, is really impressive. And, and, you know, he threw the ball 500 times and only have five interceptions means He's making good decisions. He's throwing the ball where he needs to throw it. And so, you know, overall, um, um, he's making you know, really incredible plays and, and doing a great job being very efficient as a quarterback. So, you know, looking at initially just just his accuracy level, I rated him an 8.9. And, and you know, he completed 66.6% of his passes. And, and he really puts the ball where he needs to a lot of the time. There are certain times on deep balls where he does tend to underthrow receivers and it's not for lack of arm strength. He's got an incredibly strong arm. It's just that, you know, he needs to make sure he's got the right touch on, on all of his throws. He does a lot of what you see from a quarterback like Pat Mahomes. He'll throw off balance. He'll throw sidearm. He'll do all sorts of things like that. Um, gets the ball where it needs to be in the general area, but, but not necessarily always uh, right on target. Um, and then getting into arm strength, that I would rate at a 9.5. He's got as strong an arm as there is out there. You know, he's also makes throws off his back foot at times, just relies heavily on his on his arm strength to be able to fit the ball into tight tight locations and, and does it at a really successful clip. This is an example play. You know, he's showing off his arm strength here. He can hit a guy way downfield. That's releasing it from inside the 20. You know, so that's 50 yards in the air right on a dime. Jordan Madison, that, that was his top receiver from last year. So he was just drafted in the first round by the Minnesota Vikings. So that's going to be a, you know, that's going to be a guy that he needs to look to, to try to replace as a, as a player out on the outside and a real deep threat for, for the Trojans. But the interesting thing is, is although Jordan Madison was his number one receiver, he didn't really throw to him that much more than three other guys. He, Jordan Addison had 
875 yards receiving, and and actually there were three other uh, Trojan receivers that had over 600 yards receiving on the season. So Caleb Williams did spread the ball around. Caleb Williams' decision-making abilities, because he's he's completing a high percentage of his passes, he threw such a, a small number of interceptions on the season, he's obviously making good decisions. So I rated his decision-making as an 8.9. The one, the one knock on him from the decision-making perspective is he did take 30 sacks last year. So so there are times where he tends to hold on the ball a little bit too long. He, he tries to uh, utilize his athleticism a little bit uh, too much from time to time, and, and it causes him to take sacks, which can be drive killers. Um, so just wanted to, to show a quick play here, some you know good decision-making from him. He reads a cover two, so he hits the whole shot, 20 yards down the field, a great throw, and tough, tough tight window he's got to fit it into. From a pocket per presence perspective, I rated him an 8.6. So this is... Yeah, so he does a great job feeling the pressure, avoiding it while he steps up and rolls slightly to the right there, keeping his eyes downfield, looking for the receiver downfield, makes a great throw. Really getting to uh, the thing that, that has, I think, ultimately got him to, to winning the Heisman is just his overall athleticism. As a runner, he, he had under 400 yards rushing on the year, but because he he, he does it a little bit more sparingly, and I think with the 30 sacks ultimately – decreased his overall rush yard total um, some, but here's an example of a play where uh, it's a design, you know, quarterback read option. He can run the ball, makes a couple guys miss, and ultimately just shows off what he can do with his legs, even though he's really more staying in the pocket or, or making plays when he's dropping back to pass versus design run plays. Athleticism, we rated him a 9.3. And again, he, he makes a lot of great plays with his legs. Great example of the athleticism he has. Makes a guy miss, makes the second guy miss, gets upfield. You know, that's something you really can't coach a guy to do. That's just something he he's making a play, doing a great job. And Caleb Williams this year, the big games that he really needs to focus on to, to really play well are early on in the season. Um, they're going to be playing at home against Stanford on, on September 9th. It's going to be a night game. So, you know, late start on the West Coast will be the, really the only thing on for everybody to watch, and he needs to, to really have a good showing in that game, first conference game of the year, and, and prove that he's he's still on track and, and doing the same thing he's done last year. And then towards the end of the season, there's going to be two two really big matchups. On October 14th, um, they're playing on the road at Notre Dame. You know, it's uh, it's going to be a good game to watch, and, and he's going to be you know playing against another strong quarterback. And then the following week, on October 21st, they're playing Utah, and, and and Steve, like you mentioned at the beginning here, he lost to Utah twice last year. And uh, you know, depending on how Rising's playing, it's going to be a it's going to be an incredible matchup between two two quarterbacks that uh, are really big gamers. You know, do do what it takes to uh, help their team win. Uh, yeah, you mentioned those games that are coming up. Another big stat that you should uh, that people should know is that they were 7-0 and in the Coliseum. Those games that they have, the big games that they have coming this year, there's three of them. It's Utah, Washington, and I guess UCLA, depending on who the quarterback's there. But those are all home. The big away games, Notre Dame and Oregon. So, Warren, you and I have been in the Coliseum, and we watched uh, USC get waxed. I think it was like three years ago by Stanford. When they're, when they're down or they're losing, that stadium's so big. And with sports in L.A., if they're if a something's not exciting or the team's not winning, it's 
it's pretty silent. You like the you could tell that the fans aren't into it. So depending on how they do at home against Utah, uh, if they play well uh, to start the game, keep the fans in the game. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna have a pretty solid season and and win the Pac-12. Now Colorado is not a doormat anymore i don't think i don't know they might still be a doormat to tell you the truth this year but in in, in the years coming i don't think they will be so i think that usc could have a, a great season i think caleb williams might like you said might be the first person since archie griffin to win two heisman trophies uh, and it's going to be two Heisman trophies in a row. The other people who had opportunities to do so, I guess uh, you could say were Tim Tebow, Matt Leinart had a chance to do it. And I think that might've been it when it comes to, you know, real chances to, to winning the Heisman trophy off the top of my head. Uh, I know people are probably going to say, what about this guy? What about that guy? But um, should be interesting to see these quarterbacks play out this 2023 season. Williams has time against the four-man rush, backpedaling, scanning, now running out of time, circling back, joystick on the move again. Are you kidding me? Caleb Williams, dancing, cutting, mesmerizing run by the quarterback, finally dragged down at the 20. It's a highlight. Have to do the Heisman pose after this play.